At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Cranberry Radio presents CEO Coach, a show custom built to give you everything you need to build your business on the web. From funding the finances, set up the staffing, our CEO coaches will break down the art of business development from the ground up. Now here to get you started are the experts of online business startup management and development, the founders of Outlines Venture Group, Jillian Music and Ann Kennedy. Welcome to CEO Coach. I'm Jillian Music, co-founder of Moz, Bread Approved, and Outlines Venture Group. I'm here with my friend and my colleague, Ann Kennedy, president of Outlines Venture Group, author of Global Search Engine Marketing, and co-founder of the world's largest consortium of digital marketing companies. Together, we are serial entrepreneurs helping online companies to launch, grow, pivot, and thrive. Find out more at outlinesventure.com. Hello, Ann. What's on your mind today? Hi, Jillian. Well, in our last podcast, we talked about productivity, remember? And the century-old Ivy Lee method, which is five simple steps to improve focus and consistency, and no small measure of prioritizing is involved. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I do remember that. And it was really interesting and curiously fresh after nearly 100 years. But I feel like we kind of only scratch the surface for productivity hacks to tune up your startup. I would agree. And tune up your startup. That's just brilliant. I mean, go get that thing trademarked or something. Uh, Nevertheless, what I really wanted to uh, think about is you're right. A hundred years ago, a lot of people were writing about productivity um, for the first time, but a lot of it still applies because in the end, we are still a human brain operating in a business environment, right? The creativity portion, the communications portion, and the replicable task portion. It still is the human brain operating under the same systems. So what have you got for us today? Well, have you ever heard of a Thurblig? Actually, no. Well, if you turn it around, you'll see it's Gilbreth spelled backwards. And I know you've heard of 
Lillian Gilbreth because we were talking about her after the show last week. Absolutely. Lillian Gilbreth <laughs> and her husband, Frank, were pioneering industrial management um, consultants, and they worked especially on motion and activity studies, and a Thurblig is the name they gave to a unit of, of motion or activity to measure it. Mm -hmm. uh, Lillian's known as the mother of modern management, and oh, by the way, she was quite a mother herself. She and Frank had 12 children, and they applied their developing efficiency methods to family life to avoid chaos or I kind of think maybe they were testing their theories out. Twelve children. <laughs> can you imagine? <laughs> Absolutely. You're right. Uh, Lillian was the one who told surgeons to have an assistant in operating theaters to hand them instruments. And as a result, patient outcomes were improved dramatically. It was about, um, if you will, not just safety, but uh, speed, efficiency. Get If you have to do surgery, you have to open a patient's body. The faster you close it, the better off off. And in addition, of course, it was about uh, cleanliness and so on. At that point, uh, people were understanding the concept of uh, sanitation. And so uh, they were able to provide uh, an improved outcome on a number of levels. Um, by the way, the Gilbreth family was based on that beloved, or was the basis actually, for that family film called Cheaper by the Dozen. I think people have no seen kidding. that. Yeah, early, uh, the first one, and then later there were many other uh, copies of it and so on you will find cheaper by the dozen. And that was the Gilbreth family. So I intended this scavenger hunt birthday party created and authored by my daughter, Meredith, last weekend. And our first stop was at the Seattle Steam Plant. This is an early 20th century energy plant. It's in the Georgetown neighborhood of Seattle, Washington. So if you ever get to Washington, Seattle folks, uh, you know, stop by and see this. It's really interesting. I learned from the tour guide at the steam plant that when the Gilbreth children wanted to get a dog, they pleaded their case to their parents by measuring the pleasure hours the family would realize by purchasing the dog. They got <laughs> the dog. <laughs> yep, they got the dog. They, they made a good case. So anyway, <laughs> that's, yeah. that's Gilbreth. <laughs> Maybe our startups should start measuring their pleasure hours yeah, there you go. I think maybe some do already, but don't quite call it that. Anyway, it was yeah, a pretty good that's story. That's a great story. So let's dive in. Here are the fundamentals of the Gilbreth's management theory. There are really only two. The first is you study the increments of time and motion to understand an entire task. And the second okay. is you reduce the number of motions in a task to increase efficiency. And the goal of all this was both increased production and greater worker satisfaction. Yes, it's kind of interesting that you talk about greater worker satisfaction in decreased numbers of motions. Remember, this was a time when people were doing essentially the manual labor that's being done by machines today. But even then, inefficiency was, if you will, an antithesis to happiness in the human um, system or brain, right? People get unhappy when they know they're being inefficient. So speaking of satisfaction, Lillian Gilbreth surfaced the notion that employees are motivated by indirect incentives, which we have talked about many times on this show. Um, and she, by the way, called money an indirect incentive. And then she also mm -hmm. pointed out direct ones, such as job satisfaction, 
Mm -hmm. Now, I think that's really actually interesting because people think today of the motivations of employees being direct ones as money and the indirect ones as being job satisfaction. At what point did that change in the human psyche? Because even in the kind of early to mid-20th century when the Gilbreths were operating and Lillian survived her spouse by a number of years and went on to a very illustrious career on her own in this uh, you know, field of uh, time management and so on, even at that point, she said that the primary result of a job is your personal satisfaction in it and the secondary one is the money you earn from it. Very interesting. And- Yeah, and working with her husband, Frank, they pioneered job standardization. Remember, this was Mm -hmm. not far into the Industrial Revolution at this time, maybe 40 years tops. Um, Mm -hmm. They they pioneered incentive wage plans and uh, job simplification. And she, early on, noted the effects of fatigue and stress on time management. This Mm -hmm. all seems pretty fresh still. And all the more remarkable because they were doing this in the 1920s. That's almost a hundred years ago. That is I, correct. Yeah. No yeah. doubt the industrial revolution had more than a few growing pains. <laughs> I would say so. Absolutely. Yes. First of all, it was a hundred years ago. So um, thinking about that, we've had about a hundred years of this industrialized uh, production process and it was very new at the time. Right. So standardization and so on, uh, that all made sense. But again, it was humans performing what now machines, robotic or otherwise are performing. So very interesting stuff around that. And indeed, the Gilbreth management system is still taught in today's business schools, just like Ivy League. And the reason is it works, even though you're going to need a few tweaks to apply it to 21st century startups. Uh, That's definitely those built on uh, internet technology, but we can get into that later. First of all, we are going to put a link to the Gilbreth management theory into our Facebook page at facebook.com slash forward slash CEO coach podcast. So again, facebook.com forward slash CEO coach podcast, get in there, hit the like button, find the links you need, uh, you know, just tell us you are out there and tell us what you'd like to hear about at CEO coach. So the reason it's still relevant after uh, nearly 100 years is at the core of any business are the workers. And Mm -hmm. even if now with our current tech wizardry, uh, this means fewer workers can produce more. In fact, fewer workers producing more must be more efficient, which is why Mm -hmm. the management methods uh, remain relevant. Yeah, I, I would totally agree. So we apply those Gilbreth processes to machine operations in industrial settings, of course, and that's all about efficiency of replicated tasks, something that human workers, of course, had to do in the past. But now we do, to, uh, you know, we do today with machines, robotic or otherwise. So applying the same processes of optimization of effort, however, do apply even in the creative process. So let's dig in about, you know, how this works for today's startups. But first, I think we should take a break for our sponsors. We'll be right back. More on how to get your business on the web with CEO Coach after this. 
Hey, this is Danny Sullivan to talk to you about Bruce Clay Incorporated. They've made Inc. Magazine's list of growing private businesses and have exhibited and sponsored at my conferences since the very beginning. You've seen their search engine relationship chart or you've read their SEO code of ethics, so you know their SEO experts. But did you know they can help you with PBC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding? Yep, get everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years with offices worldwide, they've got the answers you need. Check them out today at BruceClay.com. Are you paying too much for your paid advertising or have you quit altogether because it seemed like a huge waste of money? Studies show that companies waste 25% of their PPC spend on average. The web marketing experts at WMETraining.com can show you how to make your AdWords account a lean, mean converting machine. Whether you're just starting out or want to take your skills to the next level, we have a class for you. Contact the web marketing experts at wmetraining.com. Money doesn't grow on trees. So you'll probably have a better chance of growing your business with cranberries. What? Cranberry Radio. Cranberry.fm. We're back with Jillian Music and Ann Kennedy on CEO Coach. Only on Cranberry Radio. Welcome back to CEO Coach. I'm Jillian Music. I'm talking today with my partner, Ann Kennedy, about productivity and how to get more of it into your business. So, Ann, what have you got? Isn't this where we want to talk about business processes and systems and optimizing them to move your startup forward? I'd say so. You bet. So, process is fundamental to a business, and I can't think of a single dimension of a business that does not require a process in order to function efficiently, right? Whether it's answering phones, producing software, marketing to your customers, communicating to those that exist already in customer service needs, right? It all takes a process in order to function efficiently. It's about replication. So you need to optimize your systems and processes at all levels, from programming to communications to managing your business. And this is important in your early days when your resources are constrained, you're short-staffed, and it becomes critical as you grow and reach those moments of inflection, right? That way you'll know for certain, do I really need to hire more, increase the size of my office, etc. You won't know whether you're simply being efficient or inefficient, rather, or whether you really need more space, resources, humans, etc., unless you're looking at it now. So without a solid process in place, your team can't function effectively and neither can your business. So let's go back to what we said earlier in the show, Anne. Avoid the chasm of micromanagement. You'll find that podcast at cranberry.fm slash CEO hyphen coach. Again, cranberry.fm forward slash CEO hyphen coach. And you can read more about it on our blog as well at outlinesventure.com. So Anne, what's this workflow process? Oh, it has clear steps. Let's go through them. Um, A workflow process first is tight. It leads to far fewer drop balls and enables us all to do more with fewer man hours. So wait a second. What about woman uh, hours? (laughs) Oh, person hours. Excuse me. (laughs) Worker hours. Let's let's say worker hours. Hours. Worker hours. We're going to change. We're going to change that language right here. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. We could do a whole show on the power of language. Um, Yes. The the power of language. 
Okay. Absolutely. So you okay, mentioned- sounds like tight shoes. Wait a minute. But you're saying it really leads to fewer dropped balls and enables us to do more with less. So I understand that. Okay. Tight, tight processes. Okay. What's next? Well, you already hinted at it a couple minutes ago. Replicable replicable, which is easier to do than say, I think. Um, uh, uh, A replicable process provides clarity and standardizes the activity so it can be handed off to others in the event of illness, travel, just being busy, or when you're scaling up. This is very unlike email threads. And you and I all know companies that try and manage processes through email threads, which is quite possibly the worst mm-hmm. possible way to do it. Um, mm-hmm. Because that is doesn't have a replicable process built into it. Right. A number of things happen. Um, when you're first starting up, uh, it's easy. You just throw an email back and forth between you. Um, you talk on the phone, you get on Skype, whatever, right? Or you're in the same place and, uh, you know, space. And so you just chat and then email becomes your process and it is incredibly inefficient. The problem is when you add the third person and even before you add the third person, you and I found that out, right? At some point we had to have kind of a, a document for this particular show, right? And it's just you and me. We just have right. to get on the phone and do this thing, right? But you're quite right. The replicable nature of it, as well as its separate organization, I think is critical. And sometimes we call a, a replicable things uh, also, um, if you will, redundancy. Teaching somebody else to do what you do so in the event that you're gone, it can be done. Right. right. Really, really important. So think about redundancy in your tech uh, departments, in your marketing departments, in your admin departments, and make sure you've really got that kind of thing going as soon as possible. When there's only two of you, right, or even one of you, it, you really can't replicate much. You have to rely on the other person to get it done. As soon as you've got a third, start replicating some of those things. So what's next? Well, we mentioned it a little bit in the last one, is scalable. Um, working with just a few elements of anything and just a few people is easy, as you were just saying. Um, but scalability requires that it be the, requires the rec- replicability I just mentioned, and enables you to expand your business operations without mayhem. Um, okay. I'm reminded of a, a common phrase around the tech world of uh, what bus number is your company, and that refers to the rather grim uh, proposition that would your company fold. Um, or be seriously hampered if uh, how many people were hit by a bus. And if the answer is Mm -hmm. one or two, you're in big trouble. That is absolutely true. And it's a really good way to think about redundancy and replicable processes as well, right? If you could go down because you lose one person, one, you're a lifestyle company, Two, it is not scalable. So scalability of process is a really interesting thing. It's it's very closely related to that idea, again, of email threads. Email threads work, but they are not scalable. So other, you know, uh, how should I say, uh, tracking processes to get things done uh, on a consistent basis, those are scalable. Uh, Anything from, I don't know, Dropbox and even Google you know, documents and so on can be used either free or inexpensively at early stage to uh, do things like store documentation to make sure that there is, um, you know, how should I say, availability of the most recent documents to everyone as well as historical information. Those kinds of things are easy. But as you continue to grow, project management systems have to be considered. The earlier you consider them, the more effective you'll be. 
What's next? What's next is boundaries. Uh, you need boundaries in your processes. A good workflow process has boundaries that put li- puts limits on input. Um, this is a critical piece because it avoids uh, team members stepping on each other's toes and it provides clear places for input from team members with valuable assets. Okay, so boundaries around scalable and replicable processes. That's an interesting thing. See how these are building on each other? It's not like they're completely separate, right? So, um, yes, I would say it's critical to make sure that you understand who gets what done. You talk about that a lot, Anne. You talk about getting into a boat and saying, you know, if everybody does the thing they're supposed to do, the entire boat moves forward, right? This isn't sailing. Yes, and if if everybody tries to do everybody else's job, um, the whole team falls apart. That's from my yacht racing days, uh, and it's it's very true. Similar to another really important boundary is a time limit. Um, okay. You need to set deadlines on input from all team members. Uh, no eleventh hour stumbling and bumbling. Um, mm-hmm. and no emails with multiple changes and plans or edits that happen at cross purposes. Uh, and mm-hmm. this all may sound kind of constraining, but actually a team is happier when it knows how to function. We go back to my sailing example again. The team works better if it knows each member knows their job there and has boundaries around what they're supposed to do and where their input can happen and what the time limits mm-hmm. on that are. Right. And you and I talk about that a lot as well. Every time we uh, do any kind of group counsel, if you will, uh, speeches from the stage or even one-on-one coaching for uh, senior teams, we talk about adding time limits to assignment of uh, tasks. It isn't enough to say who's going to get it done. You must put a time limit on it and then you have to track it. That's what Gantt charts are all about. For those of you who don't know the term, it's G-A-N-N-T, Gantt charts. And those Gantt charts are designed to say what will happen now and how does it overlap with what must happen next so that you know what's going to move and push if you don't get stuff done on time. If you don't start tracking that, you're sunk. So I think the next one is about leveraging uh, talents and knowledge. That's interesting. Tell me more about that one. Yeah, it enables the subject matter experts to teach um, the other team members appropriate and avoids enabling team members to meddle and stall the speed of development. Uh, And Hmm. this requires as a leader that you understand the talents and knowledge on your team very clearly. Right. So really it's about talking about your staff or your team as assets to the corporation. Understanding where your subject matter experts are um, means knowing who knows what and really forcing them in often, you know, many cases to teach others what they need to know. And that you're, you're quite right. Uh, it stops others from meddling and so on. Many people will know enough about a subject to hang themselves and the entire uh, project, right, as in hang up the entire project, stall it, right? And they don't know enough to really get it moving forward. When you got your subject matter uh, expert identified, that's the person who can not only see the challenge, but see the solution. You've got to know the difference between those two people. Often the people who see the challenge are the ones who rise to the top. They're the naysayers. And as managers, they can stall the whole project on a regular basis. And everybody is, you know, kind of, I don't know, they lose all their their forward momentum. So what's the last one? 
The last one, just before we go to our break, is control. And it's very important to put control into the process. If the input is not useful, the final approving party, which you will have established in your process, um, need not use it. And that final authority is critical success factor. In other words, the buck has to stop somewhere. Right. And that's whether it's a lifestyle business or it's a scalable corporation. So figure out if somebody's talking and being, how should I say, off subject, talking and just finding challenges but no solutions, or simply being demotivating to the rest of the party. And you have to figure out who it is who's going to approve anything and finally say, okay, thank you for all your input. That's enough. And here's the final decision. That's the control factor, knowing who's going to govern it and who will along the way. That does not mean that the CEO does everything, by the way. I think it's absolutely critical to know that you must empower the people in your team as it grows so that whether it's directors or managers or whatever the heck you want to call them, somebody whose job it is to be the team lead of any particular initiative has to have the authority to say yes, move forward, no, stop, or turn left. And you've got to stay out of it. So we need to go to a break now. And for the last uh, section, I want to bring up a really um, uh, surprising concept. I think it will make uh, make ripples in our systems technology that we're talking about. This is CEO Coach, and we'll be right back. More on how to get your business on the web with CEO Coach after this. Great websites today need expert web design and development and need to be e-commerce ready and mobile friendly. But building a marketable and profitable website can be an uphill climb. Ready to make your new website or replace your existing website? Think Orange as the new way to get in the black. Orange Hill Development works with Fortune 500 companies and offer the same top quality development service at a fraction of what other providers charge. Brands like Absolute, Carlsberg, and Nestle trust Orange Hill Development. Find out why you should trust your website with Orange Hill. Contact Orange Hill for a consultation today at orangehilldevelopment.com. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. TopSEOs sends you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let TopSEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. Looking for a better way to get more traffic and interaction to your Facebook page? Imagine Facebook interactivity on your page like you've never seen. Introducing your new Facebook marketing fix, So Social, the new and revolutionary way to easily manage and automate your Facebook contest and sweepstakes. Create a fun, easy-to-win contest by writing a simple Facebook post. Watch your post go more viral and generate loads of interaction. Track your traffic and generate email lists with ease. So Social is mobile-friendly and complies with Facebook terms of service. Let So Social give your Facebook page some flash today. Zoom over to zosocial.com. Jamming and spamming, cashing in the clicks. SEO is always in session, only on Cranberry Radio, cranberry.fm. 
We're back with Jillian Music and Ann Kennedy on CEO Coach, only on Cranberry Radio. Welcome back to CEO Coach. Jillian and I have been talking about productivity and process, as they say at our neighbors to the north. Um, some of the best productivity tips surfaced nearly 100 years ago when industrialization was growing exponentially and suffering some pains along with that growth. So we just went through, Jillian, a, a really good outline of what makes a good process, um, and that is well done. But I have a further embellishment I came across from a performance improvement writer, James Clear. We've talked about him before. You ready for this one? I am. He says, forget about setting goals. Instead, commit to a process. He well, says, thank goodness. Wait, wait. It's, it's a good thing I was sitting. Saying that again, we talk about this all the time, and you just said the other the yep. diametric opposite. So which way are we running in 180 degrees now? Forget about setting goals. <laughs> okay, okay, really? partner. You know, relax a bit. He says to focus on systemizing the work you do instead of the end goal. And to me, it sounds like the Zen Archer. You know, concentrate on perfecting the action rather than hitting the target. Okay. All right. That does make actually more sense. He doesn't say don't set the goal. He said, but do it kind of, and then get on with it. Focus on systemizing the work you do, right? You have a goal in the end, you get it. But if you focus on the goal, you'd kind of never get there. I get that. (laughs) What he's he's talking about is where to focus your energy or energize your focus. Makes all kinds of sense. So give me an example. Well, if you're coaching a basketball team, Mm -hmm. focus on what your team does at each practice. Okay. Instead of the championship you want to win. And he asked the question, would you still get results? And the answer is yes. Remember our Zen Ar- Archer perfecting the a- action. Um, more to the point, what spoke more to me was he used the example of his own writing. He writes his newsletter posts on Mondays and Thursdays. And in two years, he has written more than enough words for two books. But he focused Mm -hmm. only on the system that he set up of writing, not on the goal of writing a book a year. Right. Uh, That does make all kinds of sense. If you keep saying to people, well, I'm writing a book, you have this whole book to write. And I talk about that with children, right? You say, clean up your room and they can't do it. So if you walk in, you say, find all the books and put them up on this shelf or in this pile or whatever, they can do that. And then you find all the socks and you put them in that basket. And then we find all the toys that are made of plastic and we put them over there. You know, that sort of, and sooner or later, the room is clean. But you can't go walk in and say, clean up your room. The three-year-old or the four-year-old can't get it together. Here's the killer piece. We still can't get it together when we're adults. (laughs) You have to break it down. And that's what he's really talking about. I mean, you walk into your pantry and say, clean the pantry or straighten it up or whatever. You have a process for it. You don't stand there like a three-year-old going, I can't do it. But you look at it and you say, all right, how am I going to break this down? Well, I'll start at the top or I'll do the boxes or whatever. You sort it out. That's what he's saying. Focus on that. So, Pretty cool. And by the way, the same method is used by Seth Godin, and he uses the same process to produce a book a year. Right. And it really works for Godin, who said Mm -hmm. famously, those who spread ideas win. Yes. Indeed. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Clear says to commit to a process, not a goal. 
The goal will happen if you do without putting the burden of a goal on your day-to-day shoulders. So anyone training for a marathon or working hard to lose weight will tell you that maintaining the process is what gets you to the goal. Mm -hmm. You know, our goals are usually big and they make us a little bit unhappy until we achieve them because they are not yet achieved. And when we are unhappy, we are not performing at our best. There's a very good point. I mean, there is something about this joy of being en route to achieving the goal. Um, but we find, how should I say, it's difficult to measure any progress towards it when it's huge and lofty. So what you have to do is find your interim goals. And your interim goal is, did I follow my process today? It's really interesting. I mean, it's kind of a play on words all around, but you get the idea. You're quite yep. right, though. We're unhappy when we don't perform at our best, and we don't perform at our best when we're unhappy, catch 22. So the big element here is the dedicated time. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Whether it's writing two or three times a week or hitting the gym, dedicated time. And we've got a whole other show coming up about how to use your calendar as your to-do list. That'll be next time. But for now, we're going to talk about, we're going to remind you that the systems are about the long-term process. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So let's close with a few tips here. First Uh, one from Lillian and Frank Gilbreth from the earlier 20th century. They said, study the increments of motion to understand the entire task and then reduce the amount of activity to increase your efficiency. What's the next one? Develop processes that are tight, replicable, and scalable with boundaries so your growing team can function as you scale. Right. And finally, embrace the systems you make of your processes and focus on the systems with dedicated time. Right. Don't forget to allocate the time. Right. And let those goals take care of themselves. That's it for this Monday morning at CEO Coach. We'd like to thank our producers at Cranberry Radio for their support. You can download these shows at cranberryradio.fm forward slash shows forward slash CEO Coach. You can get them at iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and many other places around the web. And you can find links and more on our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash CEO Coach Podcast. Stop by, hit the like button so we know you're out there. Tell us what you'd like to hear on CEO Coach. Thanks for joining us. I'm Jillian Music with Ann Kennedy, and you can find out more about how we help companies to launch grow, pivot, and thrive at outlinesventure.com. Till next week. The opinions expressed are those of the hosts and their guests and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of Cranberry News Marketing and Cranberry.fm. Rebroadcasts or retransmission of this content without proper consent is prohibited. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. 
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.